This is the Leading Second Podcast, where we're on a mission to equip local churches everywhere to raise up uncommon leaders. The Leading Second Podcast releases every Thursday morning. So hit follow and share this episode with your team. Now let's jump into another episode for all of us who lead from the middle. This is the year of the leader. This is the Leading Second Podcast. Welcome to the Leading Second Podcast. My name is Clark and I'm one of the team members here at Leading Second. Glad you're here and you've joined us. We're excited to share yet another episode for you today. Before we jump into the episode, I wanted to mention our episode guides that we make available for every episode that you can use for your team or your own personal development. And you can find those at leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. I also want to mention we are proud to partner with Tithely to bring awareness to a resource that begs this question. Do you want to grow the generosity at your church? Because if you do, then you need to make it easy and convenient to give. Tithely offers online giving that makes it simple for your church members to tithe and make offerings. With Tithely, church members can give from any device, whether that's mobile giving, text to give, from their laptop, their computer. And on average, churches who use Tidely increase their giving by 165% year over year. So if you want to learn more about how to use Tidely and how to grow generosity at your church, go to Tidely.com. For today's interview, we are honored to welcome back John and Anna Morgan to the podcast to talk with Pastor Brandon about what it looks like to be a number one, number two. And they hit on a lot of great topics in addition to that. So let's go ahead and jump in to the conversation today. Well, John and Anna, welcome back. Leading Second Podcast. So glad you guys are here today. So good to be back. (laughs) <laughs> I love you guys. Uh, since I've been a pastor, so it's good to be <laughs> not totally rejected by you. It, it was close. It was touch and go there for a little bit. I wasn't sure, but uh, we are going to go to the dark side today. Like we're gonna we're gonna cross over leading second. We're gonna talk to lead pastors. We're doing it, and um, we just we want to hear from you. Inquiring minds want to know. John and Anna, what in the world do lead pastors think about? Um, so we're going to have that kind of conversation today. First of all, probably, you should probably talk to normal lead pastors to know what they're thinking about. <laughs> and that's a good rubric for uh, what they're all thinking about. <laughs> I want to know what you're thinking about. So okay, that's, we'll, a, that's, a better, that's a better concept. <laughs> we'll just see where this goes. Um, first of all, how's family like how's grandparent life <laughs> and being grandparents is fantastic we've got two beautiful grandsons yeah. and they add a lot of uh zest uh to to life it's a lot of fun they are we are yeah we evened out the scales boys and girls in our family we're no longer so estrogen heavy <laughs> god bless john and children that want to break stuff <laughs> climb on stuff Jump, 
Yeah. I have some I have some children in my family now that are committed to mindless destruction. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, the the next part of your legacy now now lives. Yeah. John. Yeah. That's, that's, that's right. Yes. For context for anyone listening, you had you had three daughters. Three daughters, so, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, no, so two sons. Yeah. I'm just laughing at the grandparent comment because I I'm 42 and still wiping a butt with a toddler. You know, uh, we 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 started over during COVID, so um, I don't. You know, we're like going to be 58 years old at high school graduation on that one. You know, (laughs) just going to rock it. (laughs) Just going to rock it. Uh, So, how has it been being lead pastors? How I mean, just how's church going? For you guys right now, you've been there, been there a little clip now. Yeah, we've been there a year and a half, been here a year and a half. We took on a uh, pretty uh, large building and property. Church congregation wasn't that big, but a fairly traditional Assembly of God church. January this year, we celebrated uh, 75 years. Oh, of, my gosh. So it's yeah. not like a young right. church. And when we took it over, it had been in decline. They'd had a great pastor who passed away, but uh, he was 85 uh, and he was still lead pastor of the church. Oh my gosh. So, so the church had dated a bit and, and shrunk a little bit and, and they were looking for, and he'd been, he'd been, he'd passed two years earlier, uh, than, uh, than when we got here. So, you know, he'd, ex- he'd experienced some trauma and some hurt. So we took over that and yeah, it's been a fun, very multicultural. We're in Washington DC. A lot of things that we prayed for, we prayed for 10 years that God would, uh, yeah, cause we always did ministry, but we, and, but we never really did ministry together as a right, couple. Right. Anna was running, you know, worship and I was running youth or Anna was the executive, you know, pastor of the church and I was itinerating. So I never really did any, anything. And then uh, we prayed for about 10 years and we had some options come. We, we talked to Pastor Kent Muncy, who was our uh, lead pastor at that point. Anna was his executive pastor. We talked yep. to him early, early in the piece. And uh, he felt when he was praying, this was one of the, you know, things that he felt the hand of God on. We felt the hand of God on it. And then the doors just, once we got those pieces together, uh, the doors just started to fling open. So it was a good entry here and a great exit out of uh, Chicago. And Kent and Ali are still our, probably our closest friends. We love them. So it was just a good transition both awesome. ways, out and in. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's beautiful. Well, I love you guys. I respect you. Um, you both in your own right have had a great voice into my life. and. John, you certainly laid some of the early blocks in my life that have become leading second DNA. So honor you both. And so let, let, let's just talk lead pastor world here for a minute. And, you know, John, you've pastored before, of course, but you're in this lead seat for a year and a half. No doubt all this has come flooding back to you and flooding to you. I think my first question is, can you give us some insight? What are pastors carrying that team don't know about like what, what is that way? I've heard it described as kind of a weight. Uh, if you want to use the word mantle, I mean, I've, there, there's, there's, there's a different pressure. What is it? And what are the things that second chair leaders are unaware of? Yeah. I, I it may not even be what they're unaware of. It's what they're just not capable of doing. I remember being when I was at champion center, in a meeting was an executive team meeting with Pastor Kevin. And I can't remember what the issue was now, but we probably spent two hours discussing this issue. And it's a pretty weighty issue. 
And I remember getting at the end of the meeting and going to his office with him just hanging out. And I said, Pastor, you know the difference between you and me? And uh, he's like, you know, no, what? I said, well, you know, this is such a big issue. You're going to go home thinking about this all night <laughs> and you're going to be able to carry it. And I said, I'd love to be able to carry it for you, but I can't. I'm going home to think about what PlayStation game should I buy? <laughs> you know, I'm the youth guy. <laughs> So, so exactly. again, it was like there was a there's a weight that that you don't and Anna can talk about this probably a little bit better because she's had this going from uh, Pastor Kent's executive pastor to now being right. senior leader here, and so she's definitely I know we've had conversations where she's identified it. I I I probably identified a little bit less because I tried to I was aware I couldn't carry it. For leaders, but I knew it was there. Mm. I can't. You just can't carry that weight. It's, it's, it's yep. just a very different, a very different weight. But I knew it was there. So knowing it's there, you can compensate in your understanding and and and. But Brilliant. maybe you should that because you. I know Anna's mentioned it quite a few times since we've been here. Yeah, there's a couple of ways I think it's different. And I'm probably still wrapping my head around this, I would say. But it feels like uh, there's a lot more scrutiny, I would say, for one thing. Mm. When, you're in, when you're in the second chair, you're sort of protected. You don't realize it, but you're kind of sheltered a little That's bit. so true. And um, so there's a, a lot more personal scrutiny. Uh, thing, And everyone... You be you're now because you're the face of the church in essence. It's like everything about you is now public. It's just it's out there, and people have opinions about it. People have thoughts about it. You know, you're from your personality to the way that you look, the way that you dress, everything wow. about you is just it's scrutinized at a much deeper level, and I think it's also different. It's interesting. I've thought about this a lot because over the years, you know, people always leave church and I was always amazed at how, how it would affect my pastors and right. in a, a painful way for me, it's like, well, I get it. You know, maybe this is not the best fit for them. They have a little bit different thinking about this and I was able to kind of externalize it. And it's a lot more personal now. Is it? Than wow. it yes. It just, it's very interesting. Um, and, and it's not that everyone leaves because of me or because of John, right. but no one you're still, <laughs> you're still responsible for all of these things that, you know, become, become issues, you know, you're stewarding the pace and the health of the whole church. So your foot's on the accelerator or on the brake at all time. And so you're, you have to be a lot more aware of how healthy staff is, how healthy team is and when to push, when not to push. And that's weightier. Uh, the stakes are higher. You know, if you do really well, a lot of people are affected. If you yep. do really poorly, a lot of people are affected. Yes. A lot more people are affected. And I think even, you know, the spiritual stakes are higher. So, you know, I I processed a lot of prayer requests, I would say, as a number two. And as a ministries director, you know, I was involved. I was doing hospital visits, all those things. But now it's like just this last Sunday, uh, you know, one of the one of the men in our church just got a cancer diagnosis. So he and his wife, you know, they immediately come now to us. It's like we want you to pray for us. And 
uh, now your faith has to ante up for this or the 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 woman in our church who's dealing with domestic violence you know the <laughs> you get the big stuff now the bigger problems so the stakes are higher for uh for what you're what you're having yeah. to care would say so in that yeah. sense weightier and and you're believing for bigger things yeah. you know you carry the weight of the stuff i had i had lunch with a guy here probably 3 months ago and we were talking about again the previous pastor and how this 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 pastor in the church and one of one of his key team had left and gone and started a church down the road. And and I said, you know, my comment was, that was a really unethical thing. Like uh, I can't remember my, my comments. And and this, the, the, the guy's like, well, I don't see where it's unethical. It's all the kingdom of God. Like, you know, if he goes down the road and plants a church and takes 200 people, you know, it's all the kingdom of God. It doesn't really, doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. You know, so and there's a lot of number twos. That 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 do that because they the same thing. It's the kingdom of God. It doesn't really matter. I said, well, it may not matter to you. I said, but if you're the pastor, who are you going to fire? And he said, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah. Who am I going to fire? Well, so you take two hundred people out of the church. That's a lot of tithes and offerings. Let's call that a hundred thousand dollars in wages that you've got to make up now because some guy got his panties in a knot went down the road. Now for a hundred thousand dollars less than our budget, I've probably got to fire somebody. So now who on staff have I got to go to because of his decision and fire? Yeah. That that's where it so you you're not only just believing God every week for their income to come in, because that's what you're believing for, for their income. You're also gotta make some of those make some of those decisions. I think another thing too would be um definitely different for a number one than a two would be um most people in would interpret everything that happens here is this is what I want. So how a staff member behaves, the, I that's what I want. I want them to do that. How the music plays on Sunday, that's what I want. Um, you know, if the volume's up too loud, that's because I really like loud music. Uh, so everything that happens, they interpret through, and some of them are so far removed from me, I don't even know what happens, but they think it is yeah. because... Yeah. 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 Which really happens for an, when you're an executive pastor, very rarely does anybody equate what's happening as what you want. Yeah. They equate what the pastor wants. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. You did a message years ago, this whole idea, like you can be a number two, number one, or you can be a number one, number two. Um, I loved it, by the way. It was just one of those OG thoughts for me that never left me. Like I'm going to be a number one, number two, if, if, if that's what God has graced me for. So, and you can vamp on that subject if you want, but my question is what would make somebody a number one, number two in your world? Like what would make, what qualities are you looking for? What would make somebody a go-to player on your team right now? I, uh, for me, it would be uh, somebody with initiative and somebody uh, who creates options. So rather than coming to me with a problem, that they would come to me with potential solutions. I don't really want them to yeah. come with one solution. I would rather them come up with, hey, we have this issue. Here's five probable outcomes. What do you think? And then I may choose one of the five or I may not like any of the five and do something completely different. Yeah. But having the five there helps me to make a, a better decision. So that to me, that's what I would want to start. I want people to be thinking. I want to have thinking people around me. I want to have proactive people around me. 
Um, I don't want people just turning up on my doorstep, you know, and, hey, here's a problem, here's this, how are we going to handle that? I want them to have thought it through and say, hey, we have this challenge. Here's some things that we think we could do. Yeah. So that would be, that, that, to me, that's really important for me. And then I think I do want people to represent us because they do represent us. So I want people to understand uh, how Anna and I would respond to a situation and that they yeah. would, even if, even if it's not their natural personality, that they would choose if they're going to represent us. Again, going back to when I was working for Pastor Kevin, when he was never in the building, I always positioned myself in my head as I am him. So when I went to the platform, um, you know, and to preach, even though I have my own preaching gift, I would always be cognizant that I right. am him. Right. In fact, I, I coming with the message was on, I did a message one weekend. I think it might have been on the blood of Jesus or something. It was definitely something, you know, out of left field for a champion center message. And and I remember going to Pastor Sheila and I think communicating with Pastor Kevin, hey, it's going to be the title. Um, don't freak out. It's 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 gonna fit it's gonna fit our church. I'm not I'm not introducing something weird. And and the way the message was pitched and went, it was a you know, a message that would fit champions in a culture. So I, I want people yeah. to think those things through. What would you say? That the couple of things come to mind, I think, for me. Um, and again, this is kind of one of those things you only realize after you get out of the second chair. But I, I remember being in conversations with Kent and Alley in particular and talking about how they'd get frustrated when people would, people on staff in a number two seat would kind of get out there and be working on projects that they thought were important, but Ken Alley didn't really feel like were important at that time. Right. Now that I'm and I, at the time I was like, <laughs> I don't really, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'm tracking because it's all like necessary to move the church forward. But I think now sitting in this seat, I have wow. a greater recognition for how important it is to allow uh, the lead pastors to set the priority. And it's not that mm. you can't do all those other things, but to be asking yeah. the question, Hey, what is the most important thing? I've got these five things I've got to do. What is the most important thing to you? Yeah. Um, cause they, that because you've got that pulse beat on the whole and knowing, you know, where are our gaps, what things need to move forward in this season. So I think people's willingness to surrender their priorities and say, right. I, I do know my stuff, but tell me what you think is important in this yeah. season. I think that that's, that's really is a, a valuable thing. And then somebody just, we're going to keep coming back to this probably continuously and leading second, but having that yes spirit where it's like, yeah. yes, yeah. possible, might be difficult, but yes, it's possible. And we're going to go after it. Yeah. Other thing I think that's a, that's a really a biggie for me probably in this season is just um, people who can resolve their own conflict yeah. and don't need mm. me to intervene to resolve something. Cause all that's all those kinds of things become uh, a, a drain. And it's not that, you know, people are people, right. And uh, one of my roles is to invest into our staff and, to our core lead team and to make sure that they're healthy and that they're doing well. Um, but if, 
It's requiring more of me to keep you going as a team member than you're actually able to produce in your role. Then that becomes, that becomes a challenge, I think, long term. And you can, we can deal with that for a season. You know, people go through hard times for a season, whether it's a mental health crisis, you name it, personal crisis. Um, But the ability to get yourself healthy, I think, is really, really important in that relationally, oh yes. emotionally. And I think also I would say um, in that whole concept would be I would want a number two to be a number one, to be like the lead pastor or to be the best that they can be in the position that they're in. So how they carry themselves, how they think, um, how they work, that they work with that. I remember when I went on staff at Champion Center, I had been a senior pastor. I was transitioning to being a youth pastor. And I remember I had a lot of conversations with Pastor Kevin about it. But one of the things that I, I remember for me having a conversation with him about, and I, I would definitely hold this to be true now, would be uh, being the number one in your field. So I, right. said, I remember saying to him, Pastor Kevin, you are – you're Michael Jordan. You are the top of the field as a senior leader, as a senior pastor. You are the top of, of your field in basketball. Now, this is going back to 20, right. 2001. So I'm Kurt Warner. I'm a quarterback. I play a different, different game than you, but I'm the top of my field in my game. So no one's asking you to do youth conferences. No one's asking you to do youth camps. No one's asking you to do youth rallies. Not like you yeah. can't do them. Not like you're not capable of doing them, but that's not your gifting. That's where yeah. I that's where I, I excel, where you don't excel. Mm. And so, you know, in that arena, I'm going to be the best that I can possibly be in that arena because it's not your arena. It doesn't make me better than you or you better than me. It just, that's that's where I want to be. And so... And I said, and the same time, because I'm on your staff carrying myself as a number one, you never have to worry about me not respecting you as being the person over me. I, right. I realize where you're at. So that's what I that, that's what I think the number one, number two is. It's a little bit like what you're doing right now. You and Lindsay, you know, you're flowing in a lane. They came out of your ability, you know, to serve and to stay, you know, <laughs> under the covering. But you are there's no doubt you're running your ministry, you're calling the shots, you're, you know, you, you're leading as a number one in yeah. a number two position. That That's what I think a senior pastor yeah. needs in the team is people that will say, okay, I am going to be the best in this. I'm not just, I'm just not writing under, I, I'm not in this church because I need a job from pastor. I'm yeah. in this church because God's called yeah. me. And so I'm going to be excellent at what I do. I, I think that's been some of the highest compliments they've ever paid me has not been, you know, you did, you did good here. You did good there or whatever. Sure. Sure. That's nice to hear, but it's been when they've actually deferred to us on different situations, like you, you take this, you'd actually be better going in here than I would, you know? And that, I think those moments were the highest compliments ever. We were running through a situation. I was coaching the other day at a church. He was laughing. He looked at me and he goes, God has given you patience that he never gave me. (laughs) He's like, I don't, he's like, I don't know how you walk into some of these situations you walk into, you know? And, uh, but I think you're onto something. As long as we can keep it straight, like, don't get it, don't get it messed up. Like, like who's the leader 
and yeah. and who's in authority. I love what you're saying about the the permission to run in your lane. Yeah, well, the scripture and, says, the scripture says, "Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ, who did not think it uh, robbery to be equal with God." Yeah. So, yeah, wow. so he knew exactly who he was, and the reason he knew he was equal because he was God. If if Peter yeah. thought he was equal with God, then that would be clearly. So knowing who you are is really important. It says who is who didn't think it Robert to be equal God, but made himself of no reputation. Yep. And so that's that's yep. usually where the number two, number one thing goes sideways because you know I went from being a senior pastor to the youth pastor, and so there were conferences I went into in twenty in two thousand the year two thousand as a lead pastor and got into the room here da 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 two thousand one or two thousand four. <laughs> Like I was so low on the totem pole, I could crawl under a pregnant ant. And so <laughs> you're not the green room anymore. <laughs> yeah, you're not in the green room. And so you just have to realize, you know, and that you, but you make yourself of no reputation. In other words, you're not allowed to, you, you don't care what people think. And right. then, you know, scripture says it's better to be to be uh dishonored and have a servant than to be honored and lack bread. And I, yeah. I can remember thinking, you know what? I'm in the sweet spot. I love doing what I do. I love being where I'm at. I love my church. I love my pastor. So who gives a rip what anybody thinks? Right, right. I, I shouldn't really even care what they what they think. I think if, if if number twos can get there and just be great at what you do. Okay, so let's break this down because I have a couple of specific questions on this that I haven't asked pastors for a while. So we're talking about like what does a pastor need from a team around them? So let me give you a couple scenarios. First of all, when a when a team member is coming into a meeting with you, what do you want to see from them when when they're coming to meeting with you using your time, that sort of thing? Uh, describe the meeting. <laughs> what, 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 what sort of a meeting are we going into here? I feel like a lot of times when people ask you for a meeting and they're on staff, it's because they need a decision about something. They've got a question about something. Yes. Um, <laughs> a lot of times they present their question without a lot of context. And it's a lot harder to, okay, what is behind this question? What's the scenario that's behind this question? Is there, is there a conflict that I'm not aware of that you're trying to get me to make a decision about? And so context, when people come in with like a question or something that needs a decision is really, really important. I think that this is this this probably even more now, I think, than as an executive pastor would be something I have encountered. Uh, just three minutes of context. I don't need 45 minutes, but <laughs> yes, the context. Yeah, and, and knowing why they're asking the question, because I don't want a lot of times people are going to ask you a question to get an answer. So they can take that out and use that as fuel to to empower their own agenda. You wow. know, Pastor John said he wants this. Yeah. Pastor, right. Pastor, you know, Dr. Anna said she wants this. And, oh, they said it. We must do it. I was like, that's not actually how the conversation came. So your context and, and, and understanding why behind what they're asking is important. Yeah. Don't you think if someone's – just a sidebar. If someone's having to walk out of a meeting and say, Pastor John said, don't you think we've already lost? 
I mean, when, when you when you have to invoke the name and you have to, if, if that's the the constant thing you're going back to, don't well, you think that says something about a leader's authority? Then you're a number 10, number two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, again, you, you don't, you, you never have to, you, you should never have to yeah. use the part. If you're a number one, number two, you carry the authority. Yeah. 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 I think it's also okay. a much, much better approach if if people are wanting your input into something that needs it's a gap that needs to be developed rather yeah. than saying pastor what's your vision for x to yeah. come in and say hey we have this area in my it's in my portfolio I'm trying to fill I've looked at these five churches and this is what they're all doing yeah. and I've brainstormed a couple more ideas uh here's kind of what I'm thinking might be a good direction to go what do you think? That's a much better starting point for those kinds of conversations than trying to like start from zero. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't you be happy if something was at a good 80 and it's, it, you, we've gone through some feedback already, you've got, but, but you're getting something that's still formable and shapeable. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be helpful to you? Yes, absolutely. You've given it thought, you've given it context, you right. have to have you know, here, here are options, and it may be a, an area that that I I'm not an expert in. Yep. Like I'm not an expert in social media. I have no desire to be an expert in social media. I have no desire even to learn how to spell the word algorithm. You know, <laughs> and so when I have somebody coming in at that, like the social media aspect, and I want them to present things that okay, that makes sense, and here's what we should do. Yeah. Okay, spend this amount of money. What's the, what are the results going to be? And, yeah. you know, and have that information at hand, not like, yeah. hey, what's your vision for Instagram? I mean, oh, don't make me look stupid. Yeah. You, <laughs> you like data-driven <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I do. I, I like data. So yeah. you're going yeah. to what did this get us before? Right, right, right. Okay, two, two more scenarios. Uh, let's say you need to confront someone. So you've got to challenge them on whatever X issue is. What do you need from a leader? What are you looking for from a leader when you have to challenge or confront them? Beyond like a teachable spirit and being willing to hear it. They usually have to be able to duck. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> what do we want to I, uh, it's really nice if it doesn't dissolve into like uh, emotions right off the bat. That's harder. Yeah, I really don't like tears in a confrontation. <laughs> uh, seriously, I don't like I don't like women crying. I don't like men crying um, because I feel like, especially if we're not talking about something deeply, if you're not deeply personal and we're not attacking their right. character, right. not attacking their motives. I'm just saying, hey, you you know, you, you put this on the screen wrong or you spelt this wrong or there's this error and they break down in tears. Like, like for me, it's like, are, we, are you trying to create an emotional issue here to make me feel yeah. guilty? Yeah. I'm asking you to. So I, I'm a fairly black and white person. I always, I tell our team, I, every now and then I just remind everybody, I think working with me, you got to, you, as, as what I want from our staff is to understand how I'm wired as much as I need to understand how they're wired, they need to understand how I'm wired, so they they know how to read me 
yes. when I'm talking to them. So I always say to our team, look, the best thing about working with me is you never have to read between the lines. If you think I'm angry at you or I'm upset with you and I've never said I'm angry or upset and you just think I am, then you created that. I didn't put it in there. Like if I'm upset, it'll probably start with the conversation saying I'm really upset. Like you'll know, I will tell you. So I think that's a good thing working with me. But yeah. again, it's the bad thing with working with me is you will know. <laughs> do, do, do you still have do you still have the room at the church with all the weights yeah um <laughs> the, like punishment room or... <laughs> i i think too we probably should give context on that but we'll just let it go <laughs> he has a gym here you gotta like right size the moment as well so if it's like hey we missed this cue on sunday i we don't need to spend the next hour and a half dissecting yeah. it. It's simple, like we'll fix it, move on. It's, it's not like, you know, you cheated on your wife. That's a, that's a big conversation and yeah. probably need to unpack it, but I don't need all the reasons why it failed. I don't need a bunch of, I don't need the emotional side of that. Just to, you don't need you to throw somebody under the bus. Yeah. 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 Like don't sacrifice somebody else under the bus because of your, mistake. I was in a meeting just yesterday and there was a staff member definitely trying to throw somebody else under the bus for their mistake. <laughs> and, and I wasn't taking, I wasn't having it. And they, 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 were, they were shocked. I was like, actually not a fact. What you're saying here is not true. <laughs> and, um, and I just wasn't, and I, I don't think they knew how to handle it because I was like, you're not putting this person under the bus, dual mistake. And again, it, it's 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 not a, like a life changing, yeah. life threatening mistake. It's a fi- this is a fixable thing. So don't yeah. don't be losing your head over it, and don't yeah. be destroying somebody yeah. else's credibility. Just, take Just fix it. it. It was a it was a mathematical fix. Do the do the addition, <laughs> like yeah. It, do the equation, and it's it's fixed. It's not you don't yeah. have to put your heart into this, you know. Okay, so I got one more for you, and it's a little bit different. Uh, I don't know that I've ever asked anybody this. I'm just curious your thoughts. So we're navigating really, really interesting cultural issues right now. And my point in asking you this, I'm not trying to get into any of those issues, but we're, we're, we're walking through with people issues of sexuality and gender and politics. And you just are, are all of this is happening so no doubt it's making its way to youth pastors' doors and it's making its way to staff. I mean, we're, we're encountering this thing all over the place. My concern isn't to, you know, get into any one issue. My concern is how does a team member stay, keep in pace with their pastor? Because I feel like pastors are addressing these differently, church to church, pulpit to pulpit. Um, like, what are you looking for from your team in terms of going after current culture issues right now and how do they stay in alignment with their pastor? So Anna's got some great answers for this, but I'm, I'm going to just ant- give, give a thought first how I yeah. position myself. And I tend to look at the way, and having come out of 2020 and having walked with a lot of pastors through that and the, the realization that, uh, that our society is split right down the middle, 50-50. Right. You can see it in the vote. You know, when when they take a national vote, it's it's 50-50. So most issues are going to split down the middle 50-50. So if I say something from the pulpit, 
that's going to go on one side or the other, I'm either going to make 50% of the people happy or 50% of the people unhappy. And right. so I try to, if I can, of again, that I have friends that are totally opposite to what I'm saying here and then some right. of my best friends in the world. Right. Me personally, as the lead pastor, I I don't want I want to be in, in the middle of that. And so I'm going to always ask the question, okay, if we do this, who are we upsetting? What are the ramifications? You know, um, here's a perfect example. Before I got here, they wanted to turn our gymnasium into a, a vaccination site. And they wanted to set it up on a Sunday. People could come in and get vaccines. And uh, they asked me what I would do. And I said, I wouldn't touch it. And they're yeah, like, why, yeah. why wouldn't you touch it? Are you anti-vax? I said, no, I've been vaccinated. I had vaccinated and I had a booster. I closed my eyes in a 3G network, 5G network. I get <laughs> HBO3. So, so I'm not anti-vaccine. What I'm saying is this is a political issue. And as soon as you put it in the gym, you're making a political stand. And I don't think that the society needs our gym. Go to a hall, go to a hospital, go to a CVS. A lot of other people who could handle that and we don't need to make it an issue here. And make it divisive. So, so no, but that's not a anti-vaxxing statement. That's just like a. There's other places you could go. Yeah. Okay. So that that's where you're at as a pastor, and you've already acknowledged you're going to have pastors that are different than that. Some some are like hyper vocal. Some aren't. You know. So now that we know the marker for where you're at, what are you looking for for your team in terms of of aligning with that, especially if someone sees it differently would be don't say it from the platform. Number one, don't say it okay. from the platform. Number two, don't make it an, an issue in your small group. Okay. Like if you have that feeling, you know, especially political, there are there are some things, that, and, and I'll let Anna talk about this, there are some things that are not necessarily, they become political, but then they're Bible context versus. Right, right. Some of those issues that are, to me, the vaccination yeah. thing is not a Bible issue. Right, That's not exactly. a scripture. That's just purely political. Yep. And so that that's a little bit different than some of the other animals that are out there. But again, yep. you know, um, be, be, don't, don't, because we, we live and die by sound bites. We live in cancel culture. I have friends of mine that had spectacular churches that are now, that they don't have those churches anymore. Uh, because they 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 got you know decimated, um, yeah, by uh, by cancel culture. But anyway, Anna may have some. You throw some thoughts into that. You are. I think there's a couple of things to consider, and probably my programming at this stage of my life. I've spent you know the last 25 years in a second chair seat, and so. I have pretty deep programming to think about how the Muncie family in particular is going to be represented by what I say. And I think even now I think about that. Like if I put this out there, how's this going to reflect on the people who've invested in me, who I am a product of their ministry and, and who they are. And so I think it's really important for everybody to recognize you don't operate in a vacuum. You don't. That's good. In That's isolation. Good. Here. You're part of a community, so you represent your whole church. 
you represent the rest of your team, you represent your pastors. Even if you're saying, this is my opinion, and I'm not saying this on behalf of the whole church, you still are representing, yeah, you're, still representing. Uh, you're representing other people. And so that's, I think, a, a thing you have to really carefully steward when you're sitting in that number two seat, or I mean, really anywhere, because now I'm stewarding for my whole church. I'm stewarding who we are. Uh, and who, what I say as a lead pastor reflects on my whole church and my team. It's not like I, that I'm exempt from that either. And so we're in such a rapidly changing time of society. Uh, and I, I think one, having a little bit of patience, if your pastors are taking a beat to really be thoughtful about it, there's yeah. so much pressure right now, especially when a crisis happens to like, say something, say something, say something, immediately. Say something. Yeah. And I think uh, some most of the time, the right thing to do is pause and think about it before we speak yeah, on very something. Good. And so allowing your pastors the patient space to really be thoughtful about it and consider who are the people who are going to be impacted by this. Who are the people entrusted to my care, not just blasting ideas out into cyberspace. Right. But who are the people entrusted to my care that God's put in my hands? And how do they need to think about this issue in terms of their Christianity, in terms of their relationship with God? And that's not you can't you can't just instantly spout yeah. that out. It takes prayer. It takes conversation. It takes contemplation. And so I think uh, it's good to be involved in that if you can have those conversations with your lead pastors as those ideas are, are forming. I, and, and the other thing I think that, that comes to mind to me is <clears throat> there's so much societal pressure to polarize things. Right. And most right. of the time, the reality is that these issues are very complex and nobody wants to leave space for nuance in a tweet, you know, in the yeah, South. Yeah. And um, a lot of times things cannot be dealt with in one post in a comprehensive way. Yeah. And so for me, it's like, why engage that in that? You're not going to be able to actually fully flesh out this whole topic in that. So I think the venue really matters and how the conversations happen. Brilliant. And I don't think just saying this is my platform here on social media, I need to get it out here is a very effective way to lead anything. Uh, yeah. I'm just sure that's particularly influential where the real conversations happen, I think, are face to face in the relational context where yeah. we can wrestle through. And my personal preference is to give people not, hey, here's a position you need to adopt, but here's a way to think about this issue theologically through yes. God lens as opposed yeah. to uh, the cultural lens that we have and uh, being willing to be nuanced in that way. So let's just yeah. take the issue of social justice, for example, because uh, on one side of the fence is this activist mentality that says right. we need to pull down things. We need to dismantle things. We need to destroy things uh, that are part of society, whether it's leadership or institutions. And and we need to, to, to totally remove them and destroy them so that their oppressive nature is gone and to liberate right. But pulling people down is not a God way. That's not yeah. that's not a God approach. And so I think we've got to be able to look at things through 
okay, well, what does God say about how we deal with people, how we address people? Maybe uh, yeah. advocacy is a way that we can get our head around. And just being able to take, um, pull ourselves out of the boxes that society wants to put us in or culture wants yeah. to put us in and say, okay, let me have a conversation with my pastor about how I can frame this, how I can look at this through um, an appropriate spiritual lens. Um, and then, and then, and then let's have a conversation about how we're going to have those, how, how we're going to get the messages out. And uh, yeah, can I throw this thought through? I think, I think you have to discern as a number two, anybody is the difference between my right and my responsibility. So it is my right. I'm I'm entitled to my own opinion. I'm entitled to express my opinion. I always have an opinion. And, you know, so you have the right. But is 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 it being responsible to put that opinion out there? So I would say to start yeah, team, be careful what you post, be careful what you say. Um you know, run run through things through a filter. Sometimes I'll say to Anna, should I post this? Bottom line, I think, is, I remember Pastor Paul DeYoung saying this to me years and years ago, if you have to ask somebody, should I, it's probably an indication in your own heart that you should have. Right. And, right. and so, you know, well, this is my opinion. Yeah, you have the right to your opinion, but posting that and then getting into, because probably every day I'm going through, if I go through social media from some of my friends' accounts, and watch some of the negative things people say about them. Probably every day of my life, I want to punch back. <laughs> like I just want to. That's a stupid comment. I want to point out that that comment is stupid. You know, yeah. but I, I don't. Why? Why don't I? Because it's just a fruitless exercise. Yeah, yeah. Nothing that's right. can come of this except, you know, just a a menage like a just a like a full-on debate that never ends because everyone's yeah. brave everyone's brave yeah. and heroic behind their computer and right. they they and you just can't it's a no-win scenario so i i would rather our team avoid entering into those things it's not that you agree with them but it's just like you yeah. know i'll say this last thing too to tack on is if we think about it through the lens of not just like the issue itself, but the people who are on the receiving end of that. And I never want to get in the way of anyone's ability to receive Jesus. Mm -hmm. So if I'm, if I'm representing John and I say something that's going to offend a lot of people or hurt a lot of people, because I've said it in a really harsh way, or I've gone out there on a hot topic and now they can't hear John without thinking, oh, this must be what John thinks because Anna posted this. And so now when John preaches about the love of God, I can't hear it from him. Then I've created this barrier for people to be able to receive ministry in my in my environment. And so I think we steward that for people on so many levels. And uh, so I think just keeping yep. people first. And for the love of yeah. all things holy, try to make sure something's true before you respond. <laughs> please, please, my God. Three minutes of research in, you know, to find out. If if it's actually if it actually is factual, what's being said because a lot of the time it's totally fabricated. Yes, yes. Intelligent people running on fabricated information, making it sound like it's true, and that happens on both sides of the playing field. That that might be your greatest comment you made all day. <laughs> is please Google, please yeah. Google. 
Hey, um, first of all, I just love you guys. Um, you're brilliant. I love what God's doing through you at Word of Life. So thank you very much. Let, let's end uh, a little bit different than normal. Let's end practical. I'm going to give each of you like one thing here. I would love to hear from each of you um, one thing a young leader should be focused on right now when it comes to their own leadership development. I would say try to ignore that the senior pastor has gold trim on the ceiling tiles. <laughs> the only office in our church. That's because I'm important. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> Uh, I would say young leaders would be uh, toughen up a bit. Uh, you know, you got it. it, it to, to, they are. They are. A lot of leaders right now are running in the slipstream of momentum that was created over the last thirty or forty yeah. years by yeah. leaders that have gone before them and have paid the price and have done the hard yeah. yards and have sweated it out. And now they're in an environment where they can run in the slipstream and some of the hard yards for them aren't going to look the same right. as it did for us, but it's still going to be hard. And so they're going to need to toughen up a bit. I, I, I worry as I watch people, you know, complain about, you know, volunteering and doing long hours and being asked to do this and asked to do that. And, you know, this whole generation that that's, you're not going to make it. You, you won't. Unless yeah. you can get, unless you can get the skin of a rhinoceros and the heart of a marshmallow, you you're not going to make it in ministry. If you can't serve and just do things, practical things uh, that are hard work, but a practical, you if you can't do that, the hard work and the practical, it's not going to cross over yeah. when you need yeah. the hard work and the emotional, yeah. and and in ministry. Our, our heart is always is always out there. We're giving our heart to people because we're going to love on them with the total probability that at some point they're going to stab that heart, they're going to kick it down the street, they're going to accuse it of all sorts of things. They're, you know, If you just look at the church of how many people are not with you today, that, that when you and I were at Champion Center together oh, back in 2000, and all those people that were with us and on team and loved everything and everything was amazing and everything was great. Now wow. they do not look at us in that way because of the. So you got to you got to take that. You can't. You're not going to make it because that's going to and that's never going to stop. That's yeah. what you're signing yeah. up for in ministry. So you've got to be able to. You got to. You got to be able to toughen up on the outside, but you have to always stay soft on the Brilliant. inside. That's a challenge. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah. Yes. Last word, uh, Anna. A couple things come to mind. I think one would be staying focused on the we over the me, like what yes. we are called to do over me, what I'm called to do. And that keeps us broad and flexible so that God can shape us in every season. Uh, and so often, I think when we're starting out in ministry, we're focused on what we can do and the, t the task of ministry and what we're doing together. And um, I think it can get easy to neglect who you are in the midst of that. But long term, 
what your greatest impact is won't be the skills that you have or the things that you do. It will be who you are as a leader. And so making sure that you're paying attention to your character, to how you relate to people, how you treat people, you know, all those aspects of, um, uh, of yourself, I think are, are, are really, really important facets of leadership development. Last thing I would say is make sure you're continuing to just grow your connection with, uh, people who are doing what you're doing somewhere else and invest in those relationships. Um, and make sure, (laughs) make sure you, just regularly make a point to reach out to them, have those set up a zoom, have a conversation. What are right. you doing? What are the technologies yeah. you're working on? All those things are really important. And don't, don't, can I, I, I'll just add this one thought. Don't let the haters get in your head. Yeah. And yeah. for whatever reason, people want to get in your head, talk to you about how tough ministry, how, how hard it is, how difficult, you know, difficult seasons, um, I've walked through some pretty difficult seasons, but I've always loved what I've done. Yeah, like, me too. It's the greatest privilege to be able yeah. to to do what we what we we get to do. Yeah. And yeah. and people go, "Well, you're a senior pastor," you know that. You're, no, I, I was like that when I was a kids pastor, when I was a youth pastor. It's like we get to do this. We don't have to, right? Right. But we get to do it, and it. You know, you have to choose joy. Yeah. You have to choose yep. fun. And you're always going to have the critics. You're always going to have the people that are, just don't, you cannot as a leader afford to let the negative people, let yes. them just poison the waters of your soul. You, you, yes. You've got to stay happy. you got to find the blessing and you, you got to look for the best. And if you can, if you, if you can stay happy and have fun and enjoy it, enjoy your family, enjoy yeah. leadership, enjoy the church. Just, you know, if you can do that, that's not ignoring the tough things. That's just choosing to live with joy above the tough things. Then, then you can make it the long haul. It's a spiritual discipline. Yeah, I, I, I heard someone say recently, "If the joy of the Lord is your strength, how strong is your family? Like, yeah, if the joy great. of the Lord is your strength, like how strong is your ministry yeah. right now?" So, well said. I could talk to you guys for hours. But we will leave it there today. I love you. Thank you so much for investing in our tribe today. Bless you guys. Love you guys. To find the episode guide, visit our website, leadingsecond.com forward slash podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leading Second and join us on the Leading Second Collective on Facebook. 